Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Showing Up to Life podcast and YouTube channel. My name is Art Burns, and I'm down for a nice little informal podcast today. What do you say? <laughs> I don't know if we'll do two segments or just keep it with one today. Um, I want to, you know, I, I want to start out with just a, a, a word of, or many, several words of of appreciation, okay? Appreciation for all of you. And, and you know I think this all the time, right? I, mean, I, I say to you all the time how much I appreciate you and how grateful I am to have you out there listening to me. Because honestly, as I say to the people in my workshops on Saturday mornings, really just the computer's in front of me, right? I could be talking to the wall behind you right now just as easily, right? But but there is something really special to, to have people who are listening to me, right? But even and and the comments and the and the the feedback that I get from all of you is nothing short of inspirational and and motivational and just and just absolutely heartwarming. Okay, and that's the truth. But there's something that's even more that I'm I'm appreciating even more today, right? Because as you know, <clears throat> I um or I think you know, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned it before. I do uh, videos on TikTok these days, okay? And I just actually passed my thousand followers mark. Um, and so I'm going to start like very soon. Just another thing on the list now. I'm gonna I'm gonna start. Not I have to, but I'm I'm looking forward to um uh doing some like guided meditation. And, and maybe a you know mindfulness Q and A kind of thing, um, help people to understand this work a little bit more, and help them to get started in some practices, right? And then of course be there um, to support them in the capacity of a coach if they so choose to 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 uh, engage in that, or if they feel they need it, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, right? But here's the thing, <laughs> TikTok is, as I've, I, you know, I, I, it's a balancing act for me because I try not to watch too much, you know, because it, it can suck you in these little videos. Ooh, my, oh my. And that's the thing. They're so succinct, right? And it, and it really does take a level of, um, you know, I think any of the people who do longer form, like the, you know, in TikTok, you have three different options. You can do a 15 second video, you can do a 60 second video, or you can do a three minute video. All right. And I think that the people who manage, who can pull off the two to three minute video are people who are telling a story that's very engaging, right? And that's not always me, as you know, right? A lot of times I'm just out here just riffing, you know, I'm just kind of, you know, hit hit record and go, right? And so I find, I actually got a, a comment the other day, and I'm going to do a, um, a reply to this, I think. Um, and that's one of the beautiful things about TikTok is people leave comments on your videos, and then you can reply to their comment with another video, right? So you hit like a, a video camera record button there, and, and then the video shows their comments with your video. So it's really, really pretty cool. I like that part of it, and I love, you know, responding to people because it's, it's like another... <laughs> Again, another chance to riff and just, you know, hit record and go, right? And there are a few videos I've done in which, like, I, I did one the other day where I told the Jack Cornfield story uh, about the teacher who um, 
you know, she had the classmates, you know, like write something positive about each of their classmates. And then she consolidated each of those lists for each person. So you got a, a list of 30 things that your classmates said kind about you. And then one of the students was tragically killed in, in you know, military conflict. And, and at the funeral, you see, I'm telling the story in no time at all, but you know, it's not doing it justice. But at the funeral, the, the, you know, the teacher was invited to the funeral and the mother gave the teacher this piece of paper that turned out to be that piece of paper from his, you know, class a few years earlier. And, and that was like the only thing on his body. And, and the several other kids who were at the, at the, um, uh, the funeral also, like they all had their list, like right in their purses and in their wallets and not mine's in my car kind of thing, you know, and, and just illustrates the power of kindness, you know? So anyway, I'm going to start crying just even thinking about this story. That's not the point right now. <laughs> but but the story itself is so compelling. Like, first of all, to tell it, I had to squeeze it into three minutes, right? And I had to try like three times to tell it without crying. And, and I ne never really did. I was still crying at the end, but managed to get through it, you know, kind of thing. Um, but that's a really compelling story. Right. Like I just breezed through it, didn't give it credit. But if you tell that story intentionally with with the the passion that it deserves, well, you know, nobody's going to scroll away from that. Right. But if I'm just kind of typically talking about my, um, you know, compassion, for instance, you know, as I just tried to do like six or seven takes just now. You know, it's like I, I I can't do it in, you know, it's it's not that compelling, you know, and and so I, you know, so of course I have access to analytics that show me that you know people are only you know hanging out for you know maybe thirty seconds of a three minute video or two minute video, so that's that's not a good sign, you know. Um, and so so it's okay, right? Like I'm fine with that, and and that's the thing, like the self-compassion that I have for myself, right, shows me that, that, well, first of all, I'm used to doing this, right? I've been doing this every day for, what, three years now, right? Or actually almost four years, I think. And, and between this and my, my workshops that last for, you know, 90 to 120 minutes and, and my, my client meetings that are 45 minutes of, of mostly me talking, right? Like it's, it's um, you know, I, I'm very accustomed to this sort of long form, you know, flowing, meandering kind of thing. And this is where the appreciation comes in, right? Because if I didn't have this... It'd be so hard for me to do the TikTok things. So I'm just so, so grateful that I have this outlet that I can sit here and just, you know, it's almost like I, I feel like I'm just sitting here having a cup of tea with you all. You know, like you're, you're just sitting here in my office here, in my little basement office, and we got the candle going and, you know, it's comfortable in here and, and it's, you know, I've got a humidifier, I've got a heater if it gets cold and, you know, I can make you a cup of tea and, you know, and that's the feeling that it has. And so I just want to tell you how much I love that feeling. All right. Uh, so last night, actually, something really fascinating happened on TikTok. And again, it's this. Before I tell you the story, okay, um, just like I told you, I was criticized in another video. I never got to tell you the comment, but this person said, I don't know what it is, but you, there's something about your delivery you got to work on. <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> that's slightly less than helpful, but, but let me work on it. Let me try. 
<laughs> but the thing is that, you know, in the past, I would have been really, really upset to hear something like that. I would have been to the point of like, like, def like I would have written back like, oh, yeah, well, what about all my podcast followers? And what about my YouTube and my blah, 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 you know, 3000 people on my mailing list. Rah, 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 rah. You know, I would have been trying to prove her wrong. And so, and, and the thing is, though, that it's the energy that makes me want to prove her wrong that's not good for me, right? That's unhealthy for me. Not only is it unhealthy because it causes stress, but, but in, the, in the, the process of causing stress, it moves me away from the ability to connect to other people in my life. As Dr. Stephen Porges calls it, um, you know, the, that social, the, well, he calls it the social engagement mode of our nervous system, which is basically what he's calling our self-regulation, right? That when we are regulated, when we are not in hyper arousal or hypo arousal, and we are, you know, regulated and open to what is arising in the present moment, that is where we're able to actually connect to people. Right. And so if we're getting upset and we're getting defensive and we're getting, you know, critical and we're getting contemptuous, contemptuous towards others. Right. And, and we become dehumanizing towards others and we, you know, or we dehumanize others is what I mean to say. When we do all that. Right. Yes, it's it's making them suffer to some degree, sometimes, maybe. But what it's really doing is it's making you suffer. And it's not only making you suffer again, not just in the, se in the sense of, of the stress not being good for you, but you're also eliminating your ability to connect to other people. As you know, this is the Showing Up to Life podcast, right? And what do we do in our lives? I mean, got to be something like 95% of our waking time is spent in the connection to other people right? You work with other people. You go to school with other people. You have, you know, if you, you might live alone, I don't know, but if you have a family, you eat every meal with other people. You are constantly bumping into other people in your home if you live with a family. But even if you live alone, I guess you have some time that's alone, but not much. You know, you go to the store and you deal with other people. You jump in a taxi cab, you deal with another person. You go on the subway, you're constantly negotiating other people's space and, and, and timing and, and their emotions, right? And so it's a question of you walking through all this in this little, you know, separate or delusionally separate, you know, entity. Or if you want to connect, Right now, 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 not only is connecting synonymous with showing up, but more importantly, when we connect to others, and this is something I covered last week in my workshop, when we're connecting to others, you know, not only are our gestures and our facial expressions mirroring each other, which, which helps us to feel safe, which, which further, you know, builds regulation, regulatory powers of our, over our autonomic nervous system, but even our heart rates are, are syncing up with each other. Our brain neurons are firing with each other. 
And, and in this process, as my brain neurons are firing with your brain neurons and my heart rate and, and my vagus nerve are syncing up and, and, and harmonizing with yours, what we're doing is we're making each other healthier. Like it's literally adding, our, adding to our health. It's a net positive gain. So it's not something that we're talking about like woo-woo connection and be a hippie and stuff like that. You know, we're talking even at the level of hard-nosed neuroscience shows us that the importance of connection is one of the most important things that we have. In fact, it's a biological imperative, as Stephen Porges also tells us in the polyvagal theory. Now, by the way, a word about the polyvagal theory. I think I've told you all this before. Uh, the polyvagal theory is actually the name of a book, okay? But it is a notoriously difficult book, okay? Stephen Porges, you got to watch a video with the guy, P-O-R-G-E-S. He's fantastic. He's just awesome. But he is like in his own, he's like the, the if you close your eyes and you picture a mad scientist, you know, you're... you're you're getting an idea of, of the type of person Stephen Porges is. And I say that in the, in the most massively complimentary and, 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 you know, loving way, okay? Because he's my kind of guy. Like, I would, you know, like they say, like, you know, if you could have dinner with anybody, living or dead, Stephen Porges is in my top five, no question about it, you know? Um, but, but because he's so, you know, so brilliant, you know. Um, he wrote a book that, that was really hard for people to read. So so actually, I think it's, I think it might actually be out of print, this book, you know, um, and it's like less than 10 years old, you know, because it just, you know, like you can find a copy for like 50 bucks or something, you know. Um, and so, so thankfully, you know, um, Dr. Porges recognized this and, and acknowledged it uh, without judgment of himself and, and others. And, uh, and what they did was, was he got together with um, another uh, organization and they did a, um, an interview like, or a series of interviews. And what they did was they transcribed those interviews into another book that they call the Handbook to the Polyvagal Theory. Buy that one. <laughs> Not only is it much easier to read, it's just, it's very, very enjoyable. But but it's also, I mean, jammed with, with information. I mean, like serious information. Like, like amazing book. Um, so anyway, back to, back to what we're talking about here, right? So, I, you know, I got these, you know, that, that um, <laughs> comment the other day um, that, you know, that, that my delivery needs help somehow, you know, now again, in the past that would have created, you know, it would have created a, a reaction from me that would have been a negative emotion right now, as we always talk about here, negative emotion doesn't mean bad emotion, right? But what it means is a negative emotion that's, that's meant to cause an uncomfortable position, a, a feeling in my body. That's what we call the affect of the emotion, right? How it makes you feel. And a negative emotion is supposed to make you feel uncomfortable. It's not a coincidence, right? So when you feel the, the feeling of the emotion of anger, for instance, is going to represent in your body as pain, essentially, right? And likewise, the emotion of happiness or joy is going to, you know, it's going to manifest as a feeling of, of like, you know, like you just took a, a drug or something. It's going to feel really, yeah, good, <laughs> right? 
So there's nothing wrong with that, right? There's nothing wrong with saying that, yeah, positive emotions feel better. You know, they do. And that's by design. And so while we talk, as we talk about here uh, on this podcast, it's never about avoiding the negative, right? It's about feeling the negative, understanding the negative, allowing those negative emotions to process through you, and then coming back to your regulation, right? When we talk about self-regulation, we're not suggesting that you, you know, set your regulation and then you stay there forever, never veering out. That's impossible. You literally cannot live. And if you did, you're doing something very, very unhealthy. So, you know, perhaps in a coma kind of thing, right? So, so it's, it's just not possible even to, to address life in that sense, right? To think of, of never falling out of your regulation, never experiencing negative emotions, trying to do otherwise, you're setting yourself up not only for failure, but probably for significant suffering. And so again, what it is, is how do I get back to my regulation, to my social engagement mode of my nervous system so that I can reconnect to my world around me? Right. So what it is, is is when somebody leaves a a comment like that. Right. You know, well, there's two things at play. Right. It's 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 a combination of empathy and compassion. Right. Because the first thing that we do is we look at, okay, what's going on with this person? Right. Not like identifying and absorbing ourselves in this this comment and feeling like oh gosh I'm such a bad person like uh, I might as well stop doing my videos this is horrible nobody loves me right but instead saying okay where's this comment coming from is it potential that this person is is in a place of suffering like like what makes somebody you know what motivates somebody to to leave a comment like that on social media is that coming from a, a, a healthy and wise mind and heart? Or is that coming from a mind and a heart that are probably dysregulated on their own and, and probably not feeling so great right now in this moment? And so what's my appropriate response right now? I mean, the, the thing is, in, in our non-dualistic view, it's all true, right? Like I could, I could easily see it as, well, I should, you know, push back and say, hey, screw you. Look at all my followers. You're, you're out of line. They're wrong. And that would be justified. But also justified is me saying, wow, okay, well, thanks for, thanks for pointing that out. Let me know if anything specific comes to mind. Now, the energy... But behind each each response is the is the thing that matters, right? It's not the response itself, right? Because I could type whatever I want to type, right? Like I could I could be seething and still type. Yeah, thank you for for your you know your suggestion. Let me know if anything else comes up, right? <clears throat> like that could easily be conveyed, even through the gritting teeth of my anger, right? And so it's the energy that motivates our response that that matters, right? And so that energy can either be, again, one of defensiveness, one of contempt, one of criticism, one of fear, (laughs) right? Resentment, okay? Or the response, the energy that, that motivates the response could be one of caring and, and kindness and empathy and compassion. 
Just a reminder that compassion is is just the simple act of standing with someone suffering when you notice it. That's all it is. It's very simple. It's not, I mean, it's complex, just like everything else in life, of course, but, but it's a very simple concept, compassion. It's when you see suffering, instead of turning away from that suffering and figuring, oh, that's his problem, you know, you turn towards the suffering. You say, can I help? Even if helping is just noticing the suffering, sometimes that's all we can do. Sometimes we can do more. Sometimes we can reply in a way that that reassures somebody that it's okay you made this, you know, crappy little comment. It's okay. I'm not going to, you know, blast you out to the rest of the world and try to, you know, make you look bad for this comment. That's what some people do on TikTok, you know. And that's the power that I have to do, of course. I could get on there and say, you know, I could show graphics of, you know, like, oh, there's my 3,000 followers, there's my 200, you know, I could do that kind of thing. If you've ever watched TikTok, you know what I mean. (laughs) But I don't have to do that. I, I could and I will do a reply to that video that is compassionate. Yeah, I, I wrote out a reply, but but I plan to to maybe make a reply to talk about this, right? Because because the question is, what is that energy doing to me? Is that energy, you know, bringing me towards my regulation, or is it bringing me away from my regulation? And as I explained already, negative emotions bring you away from regulation by design. That's what they're supposed to do. The the negative emotions you feel are just supposed to guide you back to safety. That's all they're trying to do. And to get you to remember this next time so you don't get into this situation again. That's what your amygdala and your hippocampus are doing all day long. Everything that you associate a negative emotion with, they are encoding. And and those parts of your brain are, 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 you know, creating a roadmap of your life. Say, no, no, don't do that stuff because that's scary. Last time we got scared at that. And so that's where we start to get confused, right? If, we, if we're, we're starting to constantly live in this place of contempt and criticism and, and, and you know, dehumanization, then we're constantly going to be in that place of, you know, everything that your brain is remembering is associating with something negative. And therefore, you know, even things like love feel negative, and that's where you get into all kinds of confusion. And the only thing that seems to make sense is to just drink another bottle of whiskey. <laughs> and I can tell you that for, from experience. And so the idea, the, the only thing that we ever have to do in our whole lives, the only thing, and everything else follows from here, is to come back to regulation, to to build the skills to be able to self-regulate. And the first step in self-regulation is self-awareness. And this thanks to uh, Daniel Goleman, who talks about this in his amazing book, Emotional Intelligence, right? Because that's what emotional intelligence is. It's It's the awareness and the regulation of our own emotions. It's the empathy of another person's emotions. It's the ability to, to harness the motivation of our, and understand the motivation of our emotions. And then it is social skills. Hmm. That's a weird connection. <laughs> social engagement, social skills. Sounds like there's something there. 
I love watching doctors agree with each other. <laughs> Something that's not such a given these days, by the way. But anyway, um, that's not what this podcast is about. Um, so, so anyway, this is all, you know, I, I, I hope that you all are finding this to be helpful. Um, and ultimately, one of the reasons I'm bringing this up is, you know, I mean, it's, it's good information full stop, just in and of itself, right? But one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this particular specific practice or, or this specific topic is because tomorrow I'm doing a, a workshop. And the workshop I'm doing is on uh, compassion and self-compassion, right? And, and really, that's, that's the key here, right? I mean, that's one key here, right? Is that, you know, when I can look at life, you know, as I said earlier, right, when I can look at everything that's happening around me, and I can recognize that, you know, that even the people in the grocery store and the people in the car next to me and the people at the, you know, the post office and the, the, the bakery or the bagel shop, wherever I find myself at work and in calls and wherever I find myself, if I walk around knowing and, and, and acknowledging that, Everyone around me suffers at some point. They might not be suffering right this second, but they suffer sometimes. It won't be long before they suffer again. And when we walk around with this acknowledgement that, that the world is, is, you know, that everybody is subject to suffering at some time, it helps us to carry ourselves and to lead ourselves with this kindness and compassion. And once we do that, again, for ourselves also, you know, that's when things really start to change. Sorry, just looking at my microphone, making sure it was on. I saw this weird, didn't look like the light was on for a second, but it is. So compassion and kindness are, are like, like, you know, right there with each other. Right. And, and the way I like to look at it, and I think I've told you this before, is that, that when we practice kindness, right, when we just walk around just with the idea that that, you know, as I explained the other day, the word meta from which loving kindness comes, you know, it, it means gentle friend. Right. So somebody who's just, you know, gentle to everything, just like a gentle rain and a friend through everything, a friend in the, you know, high times and the low times. Right. Then we, when we can approach our lives like this, that becomes like the sort of energetic field in which we are existing, right? And, and from that energetic field of, of loving kindness for the whole world around us, it makes it much more ready for us to, to notice the suffering. And as soon as we notice the suffering, it's like we're, boom, ready to just consolidate and condense that, that, that kindness into the compassion, the, 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 the effort, the, the intention to relieve someone's suffering. Again, even if all you can do is say, hey, I see your suffering. Now, the beautiful, amazing, absolutely mind-blowing, amazing thing so this can be practiced in such simple, simple ways. I mean, you're talking about just, um, I mean, if you can do 10 minutes a day, yes, that's ideal. You know, 15, 20, maybe is more ideal, but 10 is certainly the, you know, that window of 10 to 20 minutes is the ideal sweet spot, you know? Um, 
But if you don't have that much time, I can show you how to do this informally, okay? And so, and the beautiful thing is that loving kindness and compassion, it's the exact same practices, which my, which my workshop is going to discover tomorrow. And, and the only difference is you're just looking for the suffering as opposed to the sympathetic joy, right? Which is noticing somebody's happiness and standing with that. And so we're going to talk about all this. We're going to talk about the science of compassion. We're going to talk about how when, some, when they do a brain scan of somebody who is, who is contemplating compassion, that all the activity is in the, the left frontal lobe of their brain, the left frontal lobe being the place that is associated with positive emotions and happy feelings and, and wellness and satisfaction. Also with resilience and regulation and all that other good stuff too. But literally, people who are contemplating compassion, which is ironic, right? They're contemplating on the suffering of others, and yet they're happier. And I'm going to tell you about the person who was named by Richard Davidson, the, the happiest man in the world. I'm going to tell you all about his story, too. So if that's not enough to get you to, sh to show up tomorrow, I don't know what more I can do. It's free. It's uh, it's at eleven thirty a.m. my time, which is the Mountain Time in Colorado in uh, the USA. Um, it's two hours behind Eastern Time, one hour ahead of of Pacific, and one hour behind Central. So I hope you can make it. I really do. It's going to be fun. We've got a great group. I have a, a solid core of about 10 people who show up week to week. Each We've done four of them already, and they've shown up to each of them. And uh, and it's wonderful. I mean, it's great connection. I even see people like, you know, there was one point where, you know, I can see when somebody's doing something on their computer, you know, on the Zoom screen. And I was like, oh, it looks like, you know, this person is, is typing a question. Let me pause and, and make sure I'm answering the question. And she unmuted herself. Oh, no, no, I was just sending a message to that person over there. <laughs> so they're like communicating even without me. And I love that. It's amazing. That's community. And community is where compassion lives. And it's where kindness lives. And community is where the well-being of the individual and of the whole comes together. So, so why don't you join our community? And check it out, all right? It won't cost you more than your time. All right, everybody. I hope you can make it. And if you can't, I understand, of course. Uh, and either way, I hope to be back. Saturdays and Sundays these days are a little tough for me to record content, but I'm going to try, all right? Uh, so hopefully you'll see me before next week. But if not, I'll see you soon, okay? Take care, everybody. Wishing you well. Thanks for a nice uh, informal uh, episode today. Take care.